0: You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, everyone. Today, we've got Gabriel Lim, who is the co-founder and CEO at Sales Whale, a company that uses an AI sales assistant which engages and qualifies marketing-generated leads at scale through two-way intelligent email conversations before handing over qualified leads to sales reps. So that sounds amazing. But first and foremost, Gabriel, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. I'm Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And you guys, by the way, you guys just raised what? $6.6 6 in funding. You're YC-backed. I mean, mm-hmm. what other accolades are tied to that? How many employees and all that stuff? So, you
1: know, we we are a YC company, we raised a Series A, and, you know, right now we are roughly um, 30 employees, you know. um, Previously, you know, before COVID, we were based in Singapore and Washington, D.C. Now we are fully remote.
0: Got it. Okay, great. So talk to us about, I mean, sales world, like what is your background as it relates to kind of what you're doing now?
1: So I started my career as a software engineer. So it literally had nothing to do with, you know, what Salesforce is about. So, you know, grew up in Singapore, born and raised there. First went to the Bay Area for Y Combinator. So, you know, we were part of the YC Summer 16 program, you know, and after YC, you know, decided to come back to Singapore, you know, to continue building out the product and engineering teams from here. And then, yeah, that that's kind of like the quick, a version of my background. Um, Got it. And Salesforce.
0: Cool. So, I mean, look, I, I did a quick introduction. Can you give us a, maybe a real life case study on, on how it works exactly and kind of what lift people have seen using Saleswell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think a good example would be uh, one of our earliest customers.
1: So this Fortune 500 company. So basically, this, this is like the, you know, why they even you know came to find Saleswell in the first place, right? So the regional marketing director, she was, you know, generating a ton kind of leads. And when she was doing her quarterly business review with her managing director, they found out that a lot of these leads were not converting into pipeline and you know revenue so it turns out that the sales team actually did not touch more than 85 percent of the leads which was horrendous so you know that's kind of where sales came in you know they decided to do a pilot with us around two and a half years ago and i think that pilot was wildly successful so you know we reached out to i think two thousand still leads you know that have not been touched by the sales team in the last 90 days and out of that 2000, which was just a test batch, you know, we actually generated 144 net new sales meetings for their sales team. And, you know, that result kind of just totally blew them away, you know, and after that, you know, that pilot, you know, they, they kind of scaled up their usage, you know, with us and they went from customers just paying us a few hundred dollars a month for that pilot, you know, they rolled it out across, like I think over 19 different cities, you know, in the world. And now they're paying us like north
0: of, you know, um six figures every year. Got it. That's great. And so how do you guys, you just talked about the pricing a little bit. How do you guys make money? How does your pricing structure work?
1: So, you know, we charge by instances. So, you know, our pricing is transparent. You can see it on the website. So basically we have different tiers. You know, we have a free tier and then the next tier is $495 a month. The next tier is 145 $1495 a month. And then, you know, the enterprise tier is 2495 a month and upwards. Got it. So, we kind of scale, you know, by a few kind of criteria. Number one is like number of leads. And number two is like the number of instances they choose to deploy.
0: Got it. Okay, great. And so how many, how many paying customers do you have right now? So right now we have around 70 paying customers. Got it. Okay, great. And what other numbers can you share around the business? You can talk. We talked about employee size already, how much you raised, what other numbers are you comfortable sharing? Growth rates, revenues, and all that. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, so I think revenues-wise, we are north of a million in ARR. So in fact, we, we recently crossed the million dollar mark. So I think if you work backwards from there, you probably can calculate our ACBs. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, you know, as much as we can share, you know, um, on, on the revenue side.
0: Got it. Okay, perfect. So that's awesome. I mean, what would be your ideal client profile? Like, is it like, you know, more mid-market enterprise or small business? What does it look like? So the sweet spot for us would be a mid-market company. So kind of like
1: the range between 200 to 500 employees where you're kind of at that stage where you have a mini brand, right? You have the kind of like the beginnings of the marketing engine running, you have leads coming in, but you're not to that stage where you have a really, really sophisticated and built out, you know, marketing operations function. You have a whole army of SDRs, inbound SDRs to co these leads. So kind of that's where we sit, you know, in that sweet spot where we can come in and, you know, for lack of better word, be like an AI marketer that works, you know, your middle of the funnel leads to convert them into sales ready opportunities. Got it.
0: So you guys aren't replacements necessarily for, for inbound SDRs. You guys are more complimentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got it. Okay, great. So here's kind of where I'm thinking, right? So inbound SDRs are responsible for looking for these leads, but it sounds like they miss a lot of them. So wouldn't you guys replace them because you guys are actually picking up those and doing the job that they're not doing? Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, I think for most companies, what they do with inbound SDRs is that the inbound SDRs
1: kind of work on the hottest leads, right? They probably stack rank their leads. They have some kind of lead scoring, right? And they kind of pick off these leads from, from kind of top to bottom. Where Salesforce comes in is what we call the middle of the funnel leads. So these are leads that, you know, you may or may not want to waste your inbound SDRs time on. Like these are literally people who, you know, maybe they attended a webinar, maybe they downloaded an ebook and went to your website a couple of times. So, you know, we have this mechanism where we are able to kind of further the engagement with these leads right and you know get them to hand raise and once they hand raise we may even hand this lead back to the inbound SDR for them to do qualification over the phone
0: got it i love that i mean this this seems to make a lot of sense i mean why aren't more people doing this right um, <laughs> so here, here's something interesting. before we started recording i mean right now it's it's uh, what time is it over there it's uh, 1:38 a 1 38 a.m okay this is i'm just curious right now how long have you been sustaining this for and do you how do you think it's long-term sustainable
1: Oh my God. I, I don't know. Ask me again in in a year. (laughs) So I've been doing this since, um, COVID started. So prior to this, I was actually based in the U.S. So I was in the U.S. working U.S. hours with my U.S. team, but you know, there's still some crazy hours here and there, you know, with the Singapore, um, product and engineering team. Then that kind of flipped, right? Once COVID started, decided to come back to Singapore to be closer to family. So it's definitely brutal. But I think so long as, you know, you're getting your seven, eight hours of sleep per night, I think that should be fine.
0: It actually works out for you, right? Because you just uh, you just had a child, so the timing works out.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I I do like night duties and night night feedings, so that, that kind of works.
0: Got it. Okay, that's awesome. So long term vision here. I mean, with 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 the company, how how far do you think you can go? I'm just looking at I'm looking at your mission here, right? To help innovative sales and marketing teams become more productive by automating mundane and repetitive repetitive work. That sounds like a mission that you'll you can do that forever. You can keep forever. expanding, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, so, that that's really our, our mission. So, I think there are kind of like a few layers to unpack, right? So, I mean, the obviously, the, the highest layer is definitely, you know, how, how do we help, you know, to augment and to, to automate all these mundane tasks. But I think at a more deeper and visceral level, you know, I still think back to that conversation with one of our early customers and even I myself, right? When you run marketing campaigns that there are blowout successes, right? They hit the top of the funnel KPIs all across the board, but you don't see that, that ROI, that pipeline, that, you know, revenue generated at the end of the day, you know, it kind of feels a bit hollow. And, you know, at some companies, you know, you literally, your career literally could be affected because of this. So I think, you know, for sales the kind of like second layer, you know, meaning we want to create is, you know, really to help marketers make the best use out of their, you know, their time, effort, budgets that they spend on these marketing campaigns and how do we turn them into ROI, you know, to justify their efforts.
0: Got it. Okay. And uh, just selfishly, which, who do you integrate with? What CRMs do you integrate and in all that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we integrate with Salesforce. So Salesforce, HubSpot, you know, your systems of record. So what we do is that we integrate them, you know, we kind of like pull in all of the leads, you know, from, from this um, systems of record, we analyze which one of them have not been touched by sales in the last, you know, X amount of days. And then from there, you can kind of like one click create campaigns, you know, for Salesforce to go after them.
0: Got it. So, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You talked about one-click campaigns. I thought, so once it spots leads that haven't been touched, how does that one-click campaign work? I mean, how much of it is automated? How much of it is requires manual work?
1: Mm -hmm. So there are currently two ways. So um, the first way is kind of what we started with, which is, you know, they actually create these reports on Salesforce Right, they set up these filters by themselves. Like, okay, let's say example, find me all recycled MQLs from this lead source that have not been contacted by sales in the last 90 days. Right. That's a report. That report points to a campaign in Salesforce. But over time, we kind of realized that, hey, you know, if people are just doing this manually and they need ideas for use cases, right? Then why can't we propose them ideas? And it's essentially a like you know, Salesforce filters, right? We are proposing them Salesforce filters that they can kind of like dynamically create and then point them to different campaigns in Salesforce. So that's where the one click you know, comes in.
0: Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Y combinator, what batch were you in? Summer 16. Summer 16. So the reason I'm asking this question is because the last couple of years I've seen some Y Combinator companies that don't really reflect kind of the it seems like they've started to let more more companies in, right? Mm-hmm. And so I I I just kind of want to let you know, like or not let you know, ask more so. It feels like the they've kind of started to dilute who they let in. The quality has kind of gotten lower. I'm not saying your, your quality sounds like it fits right in, but how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the value that's been that they've added for you?
1: So at least for me, you know, I, I found the the YC experience to be really, really good, like kind of changed the whole trajectory of our business, right? So I have no complaints there, but I love to kind of find out a bit more about, you know, what made you come to that conclusion that, at least for the later patches you felt that the quality of YC companies actually, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to talk about it with you right after we finish. (laughs) (laughs) How about with COVID, you transitioned to this remote first company. How are you thinking about recruiting remotely now? You know, do you have a head of talent? Like, how is that all structured now? How are you getting the best people to come work at SalesWell?
1: Mm -hmm. So I think for us, what has worked really well is, you know, content marketing. So we, we have kind of like... We, we are really transparent about, you know, what we are working on in the company. And, you know, from there, we kind of get a lot of candidates either through word of mouth referrals or kind of random people who just read our stuff online. And, you know, they, they come to us. So an example would be our head of marketing. So currently, the, the person that heads up marketing for us, she came across this article that I wrote, 10 reasons why people hate working for Salesville. And, you know, that, that article actually caught her interest and then through a referral, you know, from one of my customer success leads working in the US, you know, that's kind of, we got to know each other and, and you know, she came to join SalesWell.
0: Wow, I, I love that. So that's a really interesting, so you, you basically, so you created a blog post of so 10 reasons to work at SalesWell and 10 reasons not to work at SalesWell.
1: No, just 10 reasons why people hate working at SalesWell.
0: Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> So it, that got you at, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's like a negative thing. Okay. That, that, that works out. Okay. That's cool. How are you guys, what's working really well for you in terms of customer acquisition? You just talked about content marketing. What else is working really well? hmm so I think the main growth loop for us right
1: now is this thing called the masterclass. So if you go to our website, you see this thing called the sales Wheel masterclass where similar to what you're doing right now, you know, we interview kind of top leaders in the space. So, you know, we had people like Mike Vope, ex-CMO of HubSpot, Megan Eisenberg, you know, a legend in the marketing space, Dave Gerhardt from, you know, Drift and Privy. They were on our masterclass. They were sharing with people, you know, how to do like marketing, demand generation. And from this, we actually get, you know, thousands and thousands of people who, who sign up. And, you know, from this group of people, we then nurture them with our marketing program. And then from there, I mean, you probably can guess this. We actually use sales wheel to kind of like, you know, turn them into head raisers and then eventually use our product.
0: Got it. Okay. That's fascinating. Cool. So working towards kind of wrapping up here, what's your favorite business tool right now? So that's, that's the first question.
1: Mm -hmm. Favorite business tool. That's interesting. Not not sales (laughs) wheel. Yeah, Definitely. You know this sounds really really boring and weird but i i think honestly it has to be um salesforce yeah i i know a lot of people they are shitting on salesforce now and this is probably a really contrarian answer right now but you know i i literally live and breathe in salesforce and i just build all sorts of random shit on it right like process builders dashboards and yeah that's probably the two the that i don't know if favorite is the right word but it's something that i live and breathe in and has been the most useful for me so far
0: well I think it makes sense right cuz you're you're an engineer by trade so you're going to you're going to build stuff in there you're going to figure it out so okay you just mentioned different dashboards so what are kind of the, the two main dashboards or the two main reports that you use in Salesforce mm-hmm. just so people can get some value from it Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So number one is really simple. Basically, it's your, your sales pipeline, sales
1: forecast, um, dashboard. So I'm happy to go deeper into it, you know, on how we build this up. And the second is actually this thing called a compass matrix. I actually wrote a blog post about this as well, where, you know, we actually try to track, um, the number of customers who are actually seeing at least one qualified lead from Salesforce per week. And the moment I see that number drop, you know, I actually you know, start to drill deep into Salesforce and you know, start to see the different signals and indicators why. And you know, we actually are able to operationalize this through our weekly you know, meetings with the different go-to-market teams.
0: Got it. I mean, that's helpful, right? Because you're not just using Salesforce for sales, but you're also you're monitoring product usage, right? So if you see that okay. dropping, that means something is fundamentally wrong with your product, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Got it. Okay, great. And how about a favorite tool that you've added maybe in the last 12 months?
1: Probably it's a toss up between Miro and Loom. Yeah. So in terms of Miro, you know, what we do is that, you know, that, that, that I, I kind of use it for presentations internally. So it's a really great way to capture systems level thinking and explanation, right? Especially how things relate to each other and when you pull one lever, how the other lever moves. So I kind of use that internally to share about strategy you know, with, with the team. And Loom has been interesting because, you know, now that we're moving to remote, right? A good way to kind of scale company communications is you know, wherever you have a thought, you just you know, put up Loom and maybe even with Miro, you know, start sharing your thoughts for like five minutes, seven minutes, package it into a video and then send it out to the team. Hey, you know what do you guys think about this? And you know that that has been really really good in terms of you know scaling the asynchronicity of our communications.
0: Got it. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense, right? Because you guys are are remote first, and it, it seems mm-hmm. to. I think combining Loom with Miro, like it's like, hey, this is how this company fits in with everything else, right? Yeah, exactly. Cool. How about your favorite business book?
1: So right now, the most recent one probably would be this book called Obviously Awesome by April Dunford. Have you have you read that before?
0: Yeah, we so we've had April Dunford on this podcast. She's spoken at one of our conferences too. So yeah, it's she's got amazing stories on positioning. But t- tell me why you like it so much?
1: Because as a software engineer, right, you you tend to go into this mindset where you know, okay, I'm just going to build, 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 build. You know, I have awesome technology. I can kind of sync all the leads from Salesforce, blah blah. You know, I don't understand why no one, you know, would not use this awesome too. And you realize that when when you want to sell into companies and these decision makers, right, you you have to very crisply and um, succinctly explain, you know, where you fit in and how your product relates, you know, as in from their point of view. And I think that book has been extremely useful for me, at least as a software engineer to kind of frame um, how how sales will, you know, positions itself to our target customers.
0: Cool. I love that. Well, Gabe, I mean, your answers are so succinct, but you packed a lot of value into this podcast. So what is the best way for people to find you online?
1: I think probably LinkedIn. So I post a ton of like random stuff on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash penguin
0: gate. Gabe, why penguin, Gabe? I have no idea. Just
1: <laughs> so it's kind of like an inside joke where like we're just like enumerate through you know marine creatures. like sales whale in a parallel universe. You know we have named like sales warriors or something like that.
0: Got it. Okay, that's awesome. All right, so go connect with Gabe on LinkedIn, penguin, penguin Gabe, <laughs> and then go check out sales whale as well. And thanks so much for doing this, Gabe. Thanks, thanks, Eric.